When top realtors say that systems and processes are the most important part of their business, what exactly do they mean? Well, we're going to talk about that today. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Jen McConnell. But before we get to Jen, uh, just a couple of quick reminders. First, well, a reminder for me to thank you for listening to our show. We're so grateful and appreciative that you're listening right now. And the best way you can help us continue to grow and the only thing we ever ask is that you tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that needs to hear about systems and processes to take their business to the next level because Jen is going to tell you exactly how she did it and does it and send them a link over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode can be streamed right there. Or if you're going to send it to somebody that loves podcasts, just have them pull up their favorite podcast app, search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Well, that's, that's really all I got today. So let's get right to it. My interview with Jen McConnell. Today on the show, our guest is Jen McConnell from McConnell Real Estate Partners in Charleston, South Carolina. Let me tell you more about Jen. Now, Jen was fortunate enough to start her real estate career when she was just a junior in college. Now, with over 17 years of experience in the industry, she has a she has a particular expertise in luxury real estate and custom home building. She's a certified luxury home marketing specialist through the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing, where she has been awarded the prestigious Million Dollar Guild Award. Jen has also earned the coveted Realtor of Distinction Award, achieving the highest rank possible as a Platinum Award winner through the Charleston Trident Association of Realtors. The Platinum Award Jen places in the top 
2% of agents in Charleston. And in 2021, Jen and her husband, Josh, opened their own brokerage on the Isle of Palms in Charleston, South Carolina, and formed McConnell Real Estate Partners, where she is the broker in charge. Also, they run a foundation, which we're going to be speaking about as well. Um, to learn about everything uh, Jen and McConnell Real Estate Partners, visit their website, CHS Estates. Estates is plural, CHS Estates. States.com. There will be a link to that in the show notes. You can just go to our show notes, click on chsestates.com and check out everything Jen and Josh. Um, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited because um, Charleston is just one of those, one of those places that I just feel like um, everybody who visits it, you know, that I know seems to come back saying, oh, I wish I were to live there. And you were telling me off camera that you're getting like 60 plus people a day move to the Charleston area, which is just incredible yes, from elsewhere. But not only that, but there are so many people that come here to vacation and then literally they just stay. They're like, someone yeah. will pack up my stuff. I'm just going to hang here until it's here. No big deal. They literally just come and say, especially during COVID. Oh my gosh. The whole state of New York just basically came here and they're like, oh, we're just not going to go home. We're just going to stay here now. We're going to move here and buy a house. So, Which yeah. is obviously great for, for real estate agents. Um, however, um, I imagine there's a lot more real estate agents probably getting their license these days in Charleston, <laughs> I assume. It's probably, I, I bet the real estate, um, the realtor population's I don't know if it's doubled, but there's got to be more realtors now. So it's good. It's good. And it's also, there's a lot of competition, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, we have close to 7,000 licensed agents, um, but you know, the top like 500 make up 98%. They do it all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. We, we do the, in Chicago here, we have about 47,000 agents total and same sort of thing. It's like the top wow. 20% do, you know, yeah. most of the because there's so many people that get their license as a part-time thing, or they just do it right. to buy and sell their own properties. But what's really cool yeah. about Charleston is you have you have like a lot of advantages, right? You have this beautiful, wonderful city, wonderful weather. You're you're on, you have beaches. You also have vacation rentals. Like there's so Charleston just had and the rich history, but just so much going for it. It's just oh, I'm oh, so jealous. There's so much. No matter what your lifestyle is it's here in Charleston. I guarantee you, no matter if it's the arts, if it's, you know, uh, golfing, I mean, tennis yeah. is huge. I mean, everything, boating, like everything that you fishing, anything you want to do is here for sure. Oh, I'm yeah. so jealous. And I, I'm a tennis and a, uh, not, not as much of a golfer, but my dad's a golfer and, um, you know, he's been golfing, um, all over the Carolinas for the last 30 years, um, like three, four times a year. So, uh, we, we, we were lucky enough to go to Kiowa Island. Um, oh. actually not together. I take it back. We didn't go together. We went, uh, we went at <laughs> different trips. Um, I was thinking we did a father son thing, but we didn't, but anyway, that's also right near you as well. Oh and God. that's amazing. Yeah. And one of the most impressive courses on the East coast, for oh, sure. the ocean course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I've not that our audience doesn't care about my golfing, but I will say um, if you if you're a golfer, you need to have an experience once in your life where you you have a caddy. And the first time I ever had an actual caddy like walk with me through the course, which is a very strange experience, uh, was was at the ocean course in Kiowa. And I was like, thank God, because um, I was like, well, how, what do I do here? It's like literally one of the hardest courses in the world. Um, oh, and sure. I'm not. I, okay, enough about that. We, yeah, nobody's paid, nobody's exactly. logging on to hear my golf stories. Uh, we're going to talk about you. Um, so, how did you 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 started? You got into real estate when you were in college, which is not very common for the guests that I have on the show. So, how did that happen, and and why? 
Sure. So uh, when I was a junior in college, I was uh, I'm a marketing and finance major, and I had to have an internship. And I don't know, I just always knew that I was going to go into real estate somehow. And I don't know what kind of led me in the new construction realm. Um, but I knew that there was a home builder on Highway 30 in Ashland, Ohio, uh, which is where I went to college and where I grew up. And I just knew that that sounded like a really cool job and I could do that as an internship. And maybe they would pay me, maybe they wouldn't. So I just literally like walked in, I like, had my resume, I'm like 20 years old. Um, <laughs> and they were like, well, oh, we were hiring, but we're actually, we just hired to fill the spot. And I was like, well, that's just not going to work. Like, I just need to talk to your manager. Like, that's all. Like, I won't, I promise I'm not here. Like, I just wanted like a job, Jennifer internship. It'll be fine. Like, I just talk with them and they like eventually like edged my way in and let me talk to the manager and ended up getting it for like a sales assistant position. And I was like, okay, well, this is cool. And then I, mean, I really just, I loved it. I loved it. So it was custom construction at like 20 years old. You're designing these ridiculous houses in Ohio. You know, they were like, you know what you kind of see everywhere, like on a farm or, you know, sure. The nice houses for sure. But then, you know, they opened right when I was graduating. So a year later and um, they were like, you want to go to Charleston? You want to go to Wilmington? I was like, well, you know, I've never been to Charleston. Let's, let's do that. Like I've heard it's great. Let's go there. So I moved down here. didn't know a person at all. I opened up their first South Carolina location in Charleston and been down here ever since. And, you know, that, and and I was 21 at that time designing like ridiculous beach houses, multi-million dollar beach houses, like who gets that opportunity, right? Like it, it was just, it was wild. So that's really how I got my start in new construction. And then I did new construction for 11 years. And then once I got married and started to have kids, then I was like, oh, I don't really want to work six days a week. Like I want to kind of have a little more flexibility with my schedule. So then I got my general brokerage license in 2008. And then actually didn't really start doing it full time until like 2016. Wow. Cause you were, you were busy doing mom stuff and you were, no, you were not really like I actually, so I had my kids when I was, I had my daughter when I was still working in new construction, but literally like on maternity leave, I was like, I can't go back to six days a week and yeah. we're going, you know, we're just going to general brokerage at that point. So that's when we kind of came back to Charleston, got on Isle of Palms and uh, yeah, been, been in general brokerage since then. So 2016 is when I've been in general brokerage. Wow. Well, I, you know, as, as somebody who I don't, uh, uh, run our brokerage. Um, but I know the work it takes, um, as being part of the management staff at our brokerage. And, you know, I, I almost wonder, um, are you working even more now, now that you run your own brokerage, are you able to have better balance, uh, because you have, you know, some of that flexibility? You know, the work-life balance is an interesting topic and, and I've been in several masterminds about that. <laughs> Um, but I, I do feel very close to that balance. So I found that if you're really stressed and, and running on fumes, there's either two things, one of two things or both things missing, either leverage or systems. And I was missing both. Like in 2016 to like 2019, it was really just running on fumes. You know, I was doing, I was the EA, I was the assistant, I was doing all the transaction paperwork. I was going to every closing, going to every home inspection. I was selling, I was going with listings. It's impossible, right? Like you can't keep up with that stuff. And then- and, Oh, like, and by the way, you're a mom too. And- <laughs> Oh, and yeah. by the way, I have like a one and two year old. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's just not, and I have a marriage, like it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I found that really quickly. And we had a, a major life um, change in 2018 that kind of shook our world. And that's when everything kind of came into perspective, to be honest with you, that it was like, look, like, it's just not going to operate that way. Like we deserve a better life than that. And, and things just need to change because we need to savor every moment we came with our children, ourselves, our marriage, you know, everything. So it just kind of worked itself out that way. And now I'm just very focused on if we have a pain somewhere in our business, it's a system or a, a person that we're missing. And that's really what it comes down to, I think. Wow. That's such a, that's a really concise and 
I was trying to sort of poke holes in it as I was thinking, is it always systems or people? And okay, maybe it's not always that, but like probably 95% of the time at least <laughs> it is that. So I was thinking like, it's true enough, you know? And, um, and I was, I was just reflecting in my own business because, um, you know, whatever my, my own struggles. And I was thinking you're, she's right. It's systems and people. So I think that is such a great point. And, and I always like to remind our audience too, if, if, if you hear this and you go, well, easy for them, they're top producers and, and they have unlimited resources to be able to, to hire people. And it's like, well, maybe, or, or maybe not, but the good news is for anyone listening who maybe is a solo practitioner, maybe is newer to the business and doesn't have those resources. You can hire help from all over the world these days, um, you know, using like upwork.com is a great place to look. And the point is, is you don't, if you, you know, if you can't afford someone local and you have tasks that can be done, you know, virtually, um, thank God there's so many options now and people can afford to have, you know, more of that virtual assistant experience um, at a, at a really nice price point. Well, yeah. And I mean, I would honestly say like, even three years ago, I was not a top producer. Like I was doing well compared to everyone else in my office. I was at a big brokerage but nothing compared to what I'm doing now. And it's just because I think it's more focused on those systems first. And then I hired the people that can help with help showing, help doing the EA work, help a personal assistant role, and really just allowing me to do what I'm good at, which is being in front of my clients, we're helping them get deals, you know, listing homes. I mean, that's what I'm good at is in front of people, not sitting here filling out my dot loop box, right? Like there's people that can do that and they're way better than I am at that type of, of, of work. Um, and I praise them for it because, they just, they know how to do it way better and I could never touch it. So why try? I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, it's, I know it's hard to, for a lot of our, our listeners and, and even for me as well, I'm not a practicing agent, but I work amongst agents and just this idea of, of giving over part of your business to, you know, to someone else to be able to handle. And it's like, what if they screw it up? What if they make mistakes? And, and I, I understand the fear there. Um, but um, was that challenging for you to be able to give up? Because again, you know, I can't do everything, but I'm used to doing everything. And if I give up my dot loop docs to someone else, um, what if, you know, it was that a fear of yours that like things would just all fall apart? Oh, a hundred percent. And it was so silly. Like I look back and I'm like, oh, I like literally worked skin and bone like for years. Like, what was I thinking? So I was like, no, someone will mess up a, a document. And then like, I just, if it's better to do it myself. No, it's not a hundred percent. It's not. There is someone who is better with each skill set, and you have to figure out what your top 20% should be. And that's what you should focus on a hundred percent. The other 80% that you're doing that you're not really that good at, you need to leverage that out for sure. Cause they're going to have to be their 20% then. And even with documents, like transaction management companies are plentiful. They are all over. They charge, I don't know, three, 400 bucks a deal. And you only pay if the deal closes. And then that person, you know, you have to find a good person, of course, but like you just, yeah. you know, there's a million ways to find good, good, you know, people to help with that. It's like for 400 bucks to never have to deal with paperwork again per deal. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I think that just staying in your lane, which I mean, a, a husband, wife, you know, we own our brokerage together. So staying in our lanes is very important, but staying in your lane with what you're good at and knowing what you're good at is, is like the first thing you should find out if you're just becoming a real estate agent, like know what you're really good at. Sometimes those agents are better at the paperwork and maybe they need to be like an EA role and just a showing assistant. So then they get the interaction with people, but they can still do their work, which really they love to check those boxes. Whereas like, I don't want to see the box. I just want to talk and I just want to go and I want to go to the houses and list them and do these marketing videos and do the fun stuff, you know? So I think just always finding your role and staying, your, staying in your lane is super important and knowing what your role is coming as a new agent for sure. 
but yeah, I mean, what? you definitely do everything starting out a hundred percent and you do that until you're too tired and, and worn out. And hopefully you don't get to the, as far as I got where I was like, every day was working. I'm like, no breaks. You know, that's just not fun. You, this, we're here to live, right. And, and give back. And, and that's what we, I realized kind of, um, in just a few years ago, but like I said, like three years ago, you know, my, I did like 8 million, like that's not really a lot in our market at all, you know? And so I think implementing those things, implementing leverage, implementing, um, uh, people and implementing systems, like that's why we are where, where I, you know, we are today. So for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think it's a good place to talk about your sort of your true North and, and what, like, because you, you and your husband have created a foundation and I want to, you know, whatever you're willing to share about that, I'd love to, to share that with our audience, because, um, I think, you know, for somebody to find their why, uh, or, or true North is so critical, especially right now when the real estate market is, is changed and people are realtors. A lot of them are struggling, um, in, in most markets because inventory is, you know, changed and rates have changed. Um, so having that sort of why to be able to kind of keep you going through, through some of the challenge, more challenging times, I think is really important. Tell us, tell us what your true North is and, and why that's important to you. So, uh, back in 2018, uh, my son was, well, in 2017, actually, he was born in July, and then when he was five months old, he was diagnosed with cancer um, here at MUSC Children's Hospital in downtown Charleston. So that obviously was very earth-shattering for us. But that day that he was diagnosed, my I, I stopped. I did not talk to clients. My phone was off. Emails were cut off. Social media was cut off. I did nothing but focus on getting him cured. So, you know, that's scary for real estate agents, especially I was, I was just getting into general brokerage. I had just gone back into general brokerage 2017. So I was just getting back into it, you know, kind of getting the groove going. And then, you know, that hits and you stop. So we didn't care about that at all. You know, I just feel like everything will work out in the end. So he was cured, um, fortunately, by his five month uh, or excuse me, 10 month um, birthday, I guess, if you want to call it. So by 10 months old, he was cured of cancer, which was, oh, of course, just goodness. like the best, you know, the best thing you could ever hear in your life. Like, and, and the fact that they could say cured, we were like, wait, wait, did you say the C word? Like cure? Like, right, you know, versus, always, versus like, remission. Right, remission, right. Yeah. Like that's what we were expecting. She's like, no, you know, you're, he's cured. And you know, that for us was just, it's everything, right? So everything. that really propelled our business entirely and changed everything. So my husband left corporate America within six months of my son's cure, simply because we just realized like the grind and being responsible to, a corporation who kind of really doesn't care if you're here or not or what's going on in your life. They want you to be there and be president. Um, that really changed everything. So he came on board uh, six months later, left corporate America. Um, once our son was able to go back to school, there's kind of a lag once you're cured and, and when he can go back. Um, I only worked, you know, six months that year. And in that six months, I did $8 million. So that was my top year, you know, today that as of then, that was my it's an top amazing year. six months, really. I know with, with all with all of the stress and, and, of of what's going with, on. Yes. That's well, I did, and my phone did not ring, and that was kind of something in the middle of it. You know, you're thinking like, "Well, dang!" Like I thought I would have had like a call, and no one. My phone was dead silent, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, okay, we'll just have to start all over." Like it's all right, I can do that. I can start all over again. It's fine. Like whatever I got to do, just get this boy here. And a week before my son went back to school, my phone started ringing again. Like it was just referrals coming in, agents from other markets, sending referrals, repeat clients coming back. Like it was a miracle. I mean, he's a miracle for sure. But like, it was just, that's to me, I'm very, I'm religious. That's God. That's, that's nothing to do with yeah. me at all. So that, that best year was definitely him. 
Um, and then from there, we just kept doubling our business. And it really comes down to at that point where we realized like, I'm not going to grind 24 seven, not see my family, not see my kids, not see my husband. And then just be worn out. Like who, who wants to go through life like that? So I, we're very intentional on where we spend our time, but then implementing those, those systems and, and the people that we really need to be able to run and run at a high rate. So, you know, this year we'll do 45 million. And right, that was just is, three years ago where I did eight, you know? So, yeah, that's amazing. And, and I, this idea of, it's almost like saving up for a rainy day in a sense, because this idea that you guys had your, your, obviously your, your child was, was struggling with a very serious illness and, um, and, and, and that takes all of your attention. And of course the business does have to go on, on pause. And then when you said, when you come back, it's like, oh boy, my clients, you know, they've sort of disappeared for a while and, and maybe they won't return. Maybe I do have to start over. And this idea of building systems so that when, you know, really unfortunate things like that happen, um, you know, there's, there's ways to keep the business to some degree chugging along. And so I imagine that's probably was motivation for you too, that should, should we need, you know, should we want to spend more time, you know, at home or, or with the kids or, or whatever the, the goals of the family are, you now have systems in place to support that. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I literally used to have my clients, like my, my database was an Excel spreadsheet. Like sure. I, I mean, that was just three years ago. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you have to start somewhere like to say that very humble beginnings, but you know, yeah, it's just, it's not sustainable again. So like why I was running the grind, because like I had to make sure I hit all these people, right? How many times a day and how many different weeks and two weeks out, three weeks out on Excel spreadsheet, it's not sustainable. So I'm sure most agents have something much more sophisticated than now, thankfully. Um, but really what changed our business beyond just that is, is having that Northern star, like we were talking about earlier. And, and that for us is to be able to give back to Bodie's oncologist. So my son's name is Bodie. His oncologist is Dr. Jacqueline Krebeka at MUSC. And she has one of the only pediatric research labs in South Carolina for cancer. So, you know, we, Josh and I both um, had prayed to God when we were in the hospital, once we found out he was diagnosed and we were, we just said like, if he gets through this, like we will do whatever we can. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. These are, these are big things. Uh, and so I, I appreciate, I appreciate they're the biggest things, honestly. Yeah. So I, I appreciate yeah. your, appreciate your, your emotion. Yeah. Um, and we just said we would do whatever we could to give back. Yeah. And so, and so you started a foundation and, um, uh -huh. I, uh, uh, the foundation is, um, tell us about, actually tell us about the foundation. Well, yeah. So the first thing that we did actually, so 2018, he was cured 2019, what we decided to do with our brokerage was we started setting aside a portion of every commission and donating that to pediatric cancer research. So in 2019, we did 20 or yeah, $25,000 and then $50,000 the next year. This year, we're already over 65,000. So I think we'll be close to like 90,000 that we'll donate just for the brokerage. So it, wow. which is awesome, right? And we involve our clients. Like this is a very transactional business. And, but on the buyer and seller side, like it's a very relational relationship based business. And so what really came super clear to us once we knew that we wanted to kind of base our business around giving back to to Dr. Rebecca's research, because we need to really involve them in, into what we're doing. And so you know, every email, we update them on where we are with our MUSC goal for the year, and we invite them to our fundraising events. And if we have client events, we'll have like a donate portion. And, and, you know, it was awesome because our clients just, they come through for us and they're always so sweet. Like before we had our foundation, they would literally just like hand us checks and we'd be like, well, here, like, I want to, I want to donate to your cause. And I'm like, well, 
I know, but I can't take your, your like donations on my brokerage. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I had to like come up with a way to like, I, but I knew we could do so much more too. Right. So, so we'll always do, you know, from our brokerage, set aside that portion that we'll always give back to Dr. Rebecca's research. And the awesome thing is her research is shared on a national level, by the way, like she shared it with St. Jude and, and all these wonderful, amazing hospitals across the country. So that's the cool thing. It's not just here that her research is going. Um, but then, so basically once clients kept paying us money and we're like, guys, like we can't do it that way. Um, we were like, you know what, we, we can do it bigger. We got to do it bigger and we just need to start our own foundation. So in 2021, we started our own foundation, the McConnell foundation. And we had our very first, uh, gala last year in June. Um, and we raised $45,000 for our first gala for Dr. Rebecca, wow. which was like really cool. I know, like, I don't have a gauge cause like I've never done that before, but I mean, I have great mentors in the, the industry and they were like, Jen, like, that's really, really impressive. And I'm like, okay, good. I hope wow. that, like, I want to double it next year. <laughs> so like, I'm like, I know, like, I love it. So it's cool. It's cool. Like we've done a little, almost $120,000 in the last two years to MUSC pediatric cancer research. So it's, you know, it's we just really want to make it, just make it back. We just, yeah. I mean, and then, and again, like, that's why, like, I feel like I've been given the skills in what I do real estate that is helping me give this life to someone else, hopefully, you know, and, and provide that research. So yeah. that's really our, that's our Northern star. Like we were talking about earlier. And that's why we do what we do. And we are so clear focused on, you know, what we need to do to be able to provide for the research for sure. I mean, that's such an interesting and important thing that you said. And I want to make sure that our, our audience really heard that because I suspect that when you, when, when you and your husband and, and look at your brokerage and, and come up with sort of ideas of what you want to do for 2023 and, and beyond, um, I imagine, you know, a big part of the conversation is, Hey, we want to raise X amount of money for, or we want to donate and raise, um, for, you know, this pediatric, you know, cancer research. And that becomes a huge motivator to keep the business growing and operating versus just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, of course, you know, uh, one's own salary and one's own, own, uh, commissions, but it, it is, I, I imagine because of, of how much it impacted your family, um, that becomes a huge motivator. So it's so interesting. You said, we just want to be able to donate more. So in order to do that, we have to do more business, um, and, and raise more money. And, um, I think that is such a, such a really a beautiful thing. Um, and, and, uh, really applaud you for, for finding that North star, um, and, uh, and then taking action, right. And, and realizing that so many people, you know, um, you know, don't, don't take that kind of action and, and not to, to judge them in a different way, but, but, uh, it's really something that's super admirable and, and you get your entire community behind you as well. And everyone now is, is wanting, you know, wanting you to succeed. So, um, so I applaud you for that for sure. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack who runs the number one team in the U.S., uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much 
much time as they give everyone else. And oh yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with Follow Up Boss. And now back to our episode. Let's talk a little bit more about systems. And, um, you know, because, you know, you were talking about, uh, and, I, and I've interviewed people on our show that that still work out of an Excel spreadsheet and that works for them and great, um, but there are more sophisticated options. And so I'm just curious on like how you went from Excel spreadsheet to more automation, right? I obviously, um, yeah, let's just tell me sort of what that journey was like for you. So the top priority of course when involved with clients is to arrive the top tier level experience like we by kind of coin ourselves as a concierge level real estate and so we want to um my i think my earbuds are dying so i'm sorry if you let me know if you can't hear me for some reason no you're you sound great <laughs> okay um so to provide that concierge level real estate not only just of course being in front of them but everything else so before they meet us you know what are they seeing on our website or what are they seeing on our social media um, so it comes down, like for me, I'm the marketing kind of behind our, our brand. And so I look more at our, how we're presenting ourselves. Uh, we have a, a client moving truck, which is a 16 foot, you know, fully branded, uh, moving truck, which our clients can use complimentary when they're moving, or even if they just buy something, you know, a new sofa, they want to go pick it up. Um, so just taking kind of the experience to the next level. Um, you know, when I, when we started in general brokerage in 2018, probably 75% of our business was bought leads. Whereas sure. now I'm at 5%, which really I'm not buying. Those are just major corporations that I pay referral fee to, to help their execs. Sure. So I, I do consider that bought, but so we're at a 95% referral or, you know, repeat client base now. So what we've done, but our, but our margins have not changed. So what we did, we took that money that you were using when you were buying your clients and I put it into the customer experience and that client experience from, you know, not just once they meet us, but all the way through years and years down the road. So that's your client events, but just elevating them and elevating everything that we do. Like our, um, we have a magazine that we give out. So instead of just like a, a one page, like I used to have like a one page double sided, like here's Jen McConnell. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, it was nothing impressive, but like we have actual like magazines, oh, like wow, we that's have beautiful. legit. Yeah. So like, this is the first thing anyone who meets anyone on, you know, my husband or I, or, or we have another event, you know, that's the first thing that they see. And then just elevating everything from there. So like a closing book is a hard bound. I mean, this yeah, is like a beautiful. legit book, you know? Beautiful. And so just fully, and it's everything from their inspections to like, if they had invoices from repairs, uh, you know, covenants and restrictions, if it's new construction, it. we have their manual in there. So just elevating everything that we're doing to give that client experience so much more than they would ever expect, right? Like that's our whole goal is to be able to do that. And then we're intertwining that with who we really are. So connecting on that emotional level that, you know, who we are is we're a family that's supporting MUSC and by you supporting our business, like we're able to do that on such a better level. And then they want to get involved as well. So we're just, we're intertwined, like where it's not just a transaction at all. And it's not just a buyer or sale and or an investor. Like these are people who are in our lives. And, um, that's the best part about it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're almost building a, you know, continuing to add to this giant family that's all helping each other uh, so that, you know, the greater good can be, can be accomplished. Um, you said a 
so much here in the, in the last few minutes. I, I want to just un- unpack a little of it. No, 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 no. No, this is no in the best possible way. You said you said a lot. Um, I want to talk about the truck because I, this is uh, it's it's a simple idea, really. But I I don't know. I've been doing this podcast five years. Not one person has ever told me that they do this. I don't think anyone I've ever interviewed does this. So you guys went out and acquired a a, a, a smaller moving truck for uh, or, or I, I couldn't tell how big it is from from the picture, but it was a really good sized truck that your clients can use um, sort of when they need it. Um, so so what was the impetus for that? Just out of curiosity. So moving is never fun. Like no matter who you are. And and like, yes, a lot of our clients definitely have the movers or even company or relocation company doing the things. But we did find a lot of clients who are just like running these U-Hauls and they break down and they're not cute, which is like, you know, what I love about ours. Um, But like, you know, they're just not a fun thing. And you have to go like all the way across town to get it. You can't return it there. It's just, it's a pain. So we're like, what is one concierge service we could provide that could help them in this one issue, like this one obstacle that they keep hitting? Well, let's get them, let's get a moving truck, right? So we got this beautiful, like 16 foot brand new um, moving truck. It has hardwood floors in the bed because- Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I didn't realize Uh, it was that nice. Wow. It's so pretty. Like it has, you know, the sand ocean waves on the side and like a sand castle on the back. Like, and it's just such a cute truck. But the cool thing is like all of our clients love it. It's easy to drive because it's newer. So it like turns normal and you feel like you're just driving a big SUV. Um, but we do give it to like the schools and our church whenever they need it. So it's a, just a nice tool that we can still give back, you know, to churches, charities, whoever needs it at the time. And then our clients yeah. get the cool benefit. They don't have to worry about renting a truck and it's, it's clean. You have to like a little dolly and there's a ramp and like, it's just ready to go. Like it's just simplifying their life. Like that's what our concierge level is. I, what I expect and really require is that we just provide that next level of service. So that was just one of the little things that we do. I, I love that. And it's, it's really, really smart also from a branding perspective, because of course people get to see this truck driving around town that says, you know, <laughs> Hey, we'll, we'll use our truck. If you, if you use our services, um, I think that's, uh, you know, obviously, um, a, 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 constant source of, uh, you know, exposure to the community. Um, but it was interesting that you said sort of you, you were buying all, all, or almost all of your business, you know, three years ago and it's not, and now you're, you're almost exclusively referral based and it's not that your margins have really changed. You're just taking that money and investing it back into the client experience versus, um, you know, the, the, just meeting new people, right? This idea of deepening the client relationship. I'm assuming the theory is that by deepening the the client relationship and really going way above and beyond what the the client might expect, even after the sale, um, then you know they're more likely to want to tell all their friends and family, like, oh, you got to support the McConnell, you know, real estate um, uh, business because you know look at how the all the cool stuff they're doing for for the community and and beyond. Um, I'm assuming that was kind of the the overall idea. Yeah. I mean, we just like, we love our clients and I know most agents say that and they do like, we have fun with our clients. Like we go to like what we have a baseball game. We run out the mezzanine and like all their kids come. Like I love seeing their kids grow older and get bigger. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's just, it's sweet. Or like the families who like moved here uh, during COVID and they don't have any families. Like we become their family. Right. And so it's just like, you got to keep up with grandma, grandpa, you got to keep up with like the kids and you got to just, you know, it's just such a fun relationship business that I think agents forget. Like they're like, it's just a transaction. It's like once it closes, like, Oh, here's your, your card and your closing gift. And like, you know, hopefully you'll keep my mind, but like, 
what's the statistics? Probably like what, 86%, I think is the, the set, like they totally forget who you are, your, their agent is once they close on the house because you don't follow up. And like, it's not just as you're following up, but like you genuinely should be interested in like your clients and what they have going on. Well, you mentioned, you know, paying attention to kids and grandparents and, and all of these things, these require systems, right? Because of course, yeah. with hundreds of clients, it's, it becomes more and more difficult to be like, oh, so-and-so's child is entering first grade and I should probably like reach out and just say, hey, oh, good luck with your, you know, first grade or whatever. Um, but how do you do that? How do you keep it all organized? Because that's a lot of work. So you think about that, right? So if you look at your client base and you figure out what pods they're in. So we have the the newlyweds, no kids. We have kids, young family with, with young kids. We have families with older kids. You have, you know, retirees. So kind of break everyone up into your pods. And then you say, all right, well, if I'm a young family, what do I, or if I'm a young couple, don't have kids, I probably, what do I want to do? I want to go to happy hour, right? So like, all right, we're going to target them and do happy hour. And we know that that probably uh, Jen and Josh aren't coming because they have been at Modi at home because they can't get a babysitter on a weekday. So like, we know that that's just going to be our first time home buyers, younger home buyers, or maybe even empty nesters will come happy hour. But then we know like the, the, the baseball game, right? We know that the kids, they're going to families with the kids are going to come to that, right? Well, if we go to a, a brand new restaurant downtown on the water, we know that's probably going to be more of our empty nesters. Like, so look at your pods, who your, your client base is and do those events specifically for them. Like one thing that we do, for instance, for kids, like you were just saying about school. So every August we take personalized cookie boxes to every single kid of our clients. And it, set, it has like three little cookies. One's like a pencil. One is like an, uh, an apple and one's a chalkboard. It has their name written on it. And so it's like, have a great first day of school, you know, Harrison or whoever. And we deliver those to their house the first day of school. Like that's not something I have to be like, okay, Jonathan has a kid. Amanda has a kid. Like I need to make sure I reach out to them individually. No, they know that every August they need to look their emails and they can register for that cookie box. It's going to come to their inbox, you know, the first of August. We know that. So it's just a guaranteed thing. And then that's a system, right? And I just copy that e-blast from last August and I change it to say this year's date and it's coming out. So it's just, it's super easy. So just things like that, like just really being intentional with your touches is something that we we focus on. And then what do our clients really want to do? Like they don't want to come to my office and like have happy hour. No, I mean, they want to do that. They want a cool place. Oh my yeah. God. I think both of my headphones are dead. That's okay. You're, you're still sounding great. So keep going. <laughs> Sorry. So just really, again, like knowing your clients and, and targeting your business. So we look at our calendar year, we start in November and we look at the whole next year and every single month we plan out exactly how we're going to touch our clients and what we're going to do with them. Like if we're going to meet up in person. If it's not in person, then we're going to deliver the cookies. That's not necessarily in person. And so you just kind of break it up and make sure that you're seeing them, you're talking to them. And obviously you're touching them with your emails. If they're not, if they're going to ignore you with everything else, they're at least getting your emails. And if not, they're going to get your, you know, your quarterly newsletter that we mail out, you know, so this will have updates. Like this is a personal letter from me. Always. We usually always have some, this is about our gala. And then we always have something about the kids in there. Like this was our baseball. Um, so they're still keeping in touch with us. Like, even if they want to ignore us, that's totally cool. But I know that they're still getting, you know, this in the mail. I know yeah. they're still getting our e-newsletter. Um, and you know, eventually they'll come out and, and come play if they want to. And if not, then that's fine too. At least they're, that we're in front of them. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I, I once interviewed one of the top um, realtors here in Chicago and I was asking her, uh, you know, hey, why do you think you're so successful? And she was 
she was like, I wish I had a better answer for this, but I reach out and call every single one of my clients every week and just give them an update on what's going on. And I was like, okay. And what else? She was like, well, that that's kind of it. She's like, I obviously I'm do a lot of mil a million other things, but she goes, I actually think that's the most important thing. And most agents don't do that. I was thinking as you were saying that to, you know, you were talking about sort of even after the sale, you know, doing, Hey, every year we have the cookie thing for the kids and in and, and the fall. And we, you know, we have all these fun events that people can attend and they're going to get notified. And then they also get my newsletter and, you know, um, other pieces of mail from time to time. But it seems like you really, really are focused on just constantly engaging with your, uh, with your client and your, your prospect list. Um, and it, it really seems to be, um, obviously very effective for you. And it's interesting because you're still spending the same capital you were before, but you're probably getting a better return. I would assume now, because you're now, you know, now it's people who, who, you know, who are, uh, clients, they're, they're in love with you for what all that you guys do for them and for the, you know, the greater community. And then, you know, they're going to tell everybody they know. So it's really, uh, it's really impressive. Um, and so as a marketing person, what advice do you, would you have for somebody who is an individual practitioner, you know, somebody who doesn't have, uh, maybe, you know, a ton of resources, um, or, or a team, um, what might you suggest to them to sort of help make, start to make the transition from doing everything to maybe working on some systems or hiring? Uh, starting out as a new agent. So, well, for marketing, like, like you said, marketing, I think social media for sure. It's free. You just need your time, which as a new agent, you have plenty of, um, <laughs> that would be for sure. But then your systems, I think definitely you have to have a good CRM. Uh, we use follow-up boss. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Um, we've been, we've been very happy with follow-up boss and, and probably always be with them, but that's they are one of our sponsors. We love follow-up. Oh, boss. Yay. So I love follow I'm, I'm boss. the biggest, I'm, I'm so the biggest fan of follow-up follow boss. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sad. I can't go to the follow-up boss conference, um, in November, yeah. but, um, yeah. So a really good CRM, like even if you're just starting out, it's going to cost you money, but you have to invest, to be able to get money out. Uh, one book that I would definitely recommend as a new agent would be profit first. Go buy that. Like that is really can get you in trouble. If you are a new agent and you're just spending, 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 I got to have the best business card, best yard signs, best open house signs. And then you don't even have a deal. Like do not go down that route. Like definitely read profit first. But then once you get that money, invest in that CRM and it's going to be several thousand dollars. You're like, for real, like I don't get any of that commission. No, it, it has to go back into your business if you're serious about it. So I think that, and then there's just so many templates and follow boss, as you know, mm -hmm. that'll get you on a good path. If you don't have a good foundation with your brokerage, that kind of says like, here's how you really do the transaction. And here's what you should do for follow-up. There's wonderful templates in that CRM as, as many others, I'm sure. Um, that would be my first purchase as a new agent for sure. And then, like I said, social media, that's how you're going to get your business. If you don't, if you literally know no one and you don't have a good sphere where you are and you can't afford to buy your leads, then social media for sure. And how, if you, if, if you were in that situation, and I know you're not anymore, but if you were, um, what would you post your marketing person? So I want to, I want to press just a little bit and find out what kind of content would you post on social? Would you, and again, ev ev there isn't one you know, right or wrong answer to this, but I'm curious on, on if you were starting out, what, what type of, cause we, you know, we, we say that to our agents a lot, uh, here at our company, like, oh, you should, you know, really do a lot of branding and, and, and promoting on social. And finally our agents were like, yeah, that's great. But like what content, you know? And so we had to really 
create a whole bunch of content that they could they could borrow and use. Uh, but not everyone has that. So I'm curious, and if you were starting out, knew nobody, um, mm-hmm. and were like, okay, I'm going to do something on social, what kind of content would would you work on? So I would be the master of my market and and your market would be very much like where you live. Like I live on Isle of Palms. So I would be the master of Isle of Palms, not Charleston. Like that's just too broad. So I would be the master of Isle of Palms. I would have a hundred videos of Isle of Palms. I would be doing open houses on Isle of Palms, even though they weren't my listings. I would be going through go and shows and doing video tours. So even if they don't know that I'm not with a client, they're seeing I'm doing this $5 million listing over the water and this infinity pool and these ridiculous details. They don't know that I'm not actually with clients, but I'm in the real estate world and they're going to know I'm in the real estate world by what I'm showing. So I would definitely be showing all of that on social media, but again, knowing your stats. So you need to know the stats for your market and be the expert. Oh yeah. Two, two, three, forest trail just sold, sold for 2.2. That's the highest one story that we've seen sold, not off the ground in two years. Like you need to know your stats. And once you become the market expert and you're showing that through videos or reels or stories, uh, or even just your, your grid, um, you know, I think that you gain a lot of credibility that way. And people call on you real quick on Instagram, like, oh my gosh. And they feel like they know you, especially if they see you, I don't put myself on my own Instagram a whole lot. Um, cause I feel like I'm like on the truck. I'm like everywhere. So I don't know. I'm worried about it. But I think that if I were a new agent, I for sure would be if I, if I were just starting out. I love that is providing content to the community in large uh, about the community, um, restaurants, uh, school districts, uh, you know, fun things going on in the area. Also knowing the market stats and the go and show is such a great idea. That's so just, just to, we'll make this our final thing because I think you've given us so many amazing tips, but the go and show is so you would reach out to other realtors who have listings and say, Hey, I want to promote your listing. May I come over and do a quick video? tour or, or because you, if you don't have a client that actually wants to see it, have you found that most listing agents are receptive to that? Do you get some pushback sometimes or are most oh, agents? Oh, I've never gotten pushback. Cool? No. So what you, and basically in our showing time, you can actually just say a uh, virtual showing and you can just go through and video it. And then you can add it to your own reel or whatever later. And you can give them credit, which I think most agents appreciate on the list side, you know, to say like, Oh, Jen just listed this awesome listing on waterway. Like they, that goes far away. And then you get tagged on their uh, their page as well, which is, you know, good for your page. Um, but no, I mean, I've never had pushback. I do a million dollar Monday every Monday on my social media. And, um, sometimes I'll use other agents listings for that. And very rarely there's been like three in like four years. And I'm just kind of like, okay, that's fine. If you don't want me to help market your listing, that's fine. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm like, no, I guess, okay. I, I guess I won't help yeah. give you exposure to sell. I know. I know. I'm like, why would this be a bad thing? And I'm giving full credit, of course, to whoever it is. So who knows? So, if oh, hold on. I think I lost you. Ask agents, firms to, uh, up anyway. So we've been, um, Jen, if you can, are you still? Oh, I hear you now. Oh, good. Sorry, I lost you. No, 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 it's not you. It's uh, Zoom is having an issue. Um, So anyway, this is a great place to wrap up. So I want to mention just a couple of things about Jen. Um, Number one, if you are a realtor and you have clients that, you know, vacation out in Charleston area or are looking to maybe retire out there, obviously a lot of people do, um, Jen would love to connect with you. So Jen, what's the best way? Or by the way, if there are any buyers, sellers, renters um, who are listening, 
listening to our show who are, you know, either in the trial scenario or moving there or want to explore different, you know, home options there. Uh, what's the best way someone should reach out to you? Uh, they can call text directly. My number is 843-300-7585 or my website. Definitely check out is chsestates.com. And honestly, like uh, we get a ton of vacationers. So even if agents are in town and just to have a local, you know, like coffee sesh, and I would love to meet people from out of town. We have a ton of people relocating here from other areas who have to sell their home, you know, where they are. So yeah, I'd love uh, to have a coffee date with anyone. Well, I, 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 that is the invitation is open. So anyone out there who has business in the Charleston area or who just wants to have a referral so that if business comes up, you can now say, Hey, by the way, Mr. And Mrs. Klein, I know you're looking at refer are looking to retire, maybe get a vacation home. Um, you know, I know somebody out, out in Charleston who, you know, who's, who's really good. So this is a great thing that you now can bring to your clients just by introducing, uh, you know, yourself to Jen and getting connected that way. Um, and vice versa, maybe she She'll have people that are moving to your area. And so you guys can swap leads. Um, so Jen, thank you so much thank for you. your, your service, uh, in, in, of course, uh, the foundation that, that you guys run and support and the causes that are important to you. And also just being of service to this podcast. Um, we are so grateful to have had you on the show. You're, you're just, a, a obviously, um, a really, um, uh, honest and compassionate and vulnerable person. And I think that is, um, that is always something that we we can all aspire to be more of. So thank you. On behalf of our audience, we thank you for, for coming on the show. And on behalf of Jen and myself, we want to thank our audience too for sticking around to the end. And we ask that you do just a couple of Oh, by the way, Jen, if anyone out there who was touched by your story, if they want to help support your foundation, what's the best way that they can do that? They can go to the McConnellfoundation.com or there's links on our regular website as well. And we will post a link to the foundation in, uh, in our show notes as well. So please contribute, donate time, money, uh, or both, um, to, uh, to this organization, um, to the foundation rather. And Jen, um, so on behalf of everyone, we, we thank you. We thank Jen, we thank our audience. And we ask that you just do two quick things before signing off. Number one, tell a friend, think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing about systems, people, and Jen's journey through real estate. Send them a link to this episode. I mean, also she talked about her true North. Maybe there's somebody out there who's struggling, trying to figure out their purpose in real estate. This might just give them, you know, the incentive they need to, to keep going forward and finding their purpose. Send them a link to our, our website, keepingitrealpod.com. We would appreciate it. And also leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show or whatever podcast app you might be listening to us. Let us know. Um, we take all of your comments very seriously because the only way we can get better is if we know what you like and not like or dislike. So tell us how we can get better. Um, Jen, thank you so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you, DJ. Appreciate it. <laughs>